0: M Rasiano and Michael Lucas. I
1: need to write a song, everything is problematic. This is Emsolation. Because I have to find a way to dump the bodies.
0: I mean, do you think there's a universe where you could be rewarded with $100,000 for not having sex? I would have been making
1: bank. If you're listening now and you're in Melbourne and you're not wearing a mask, but you can't be friends with Michael and I, I'm sorry, you're out. <laughs> you're in Emsolation. What an episode, wow. Hello, welcome to Emsolation. Do I sound relaxed? Because I'm coming to you live from my bed. <laughs> I put a picture up on Instagram. I'm in my soft office. Someone wrote that underneath. I love that. I, um, this is the first time I have actually come to you live from the bed because I knew it was a slippery slope. Once I gave myself permission to do that, I may never, ever not – make this podcast anywhere else. And I need to be up and about, you know. So uh, once I finish speaking to you now, I'm going to go have a shower. I'm going to do my winged eyeliner. I'm going to put on some tinted moisturizer. I'm going to wear deodorant. I'm going to do all the things that, you know, make me feel human. And we've got a hard rubbish collection coming. I mean, is there anything more exciting? So today is like everyone knows I've gone like, right, we're cleaning. Um, Odie's just so glad to be homeschooling today because do you remember when you were a kid and you'd wake up and it would be like 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning and you'd just hear like vicious vacuuming and your mum would be out there just letting you know the cleaning's happening. And sometimes I would just try and hide as long as possible because Saturday mornings were always the deep cleans of the house. And I realised the other day as I was viciously vacuuming out front of my 18-year-old daughter's room that I have almost successfully transitioned into my mother. <laughs> I live for the Saturday deep clean now. And, but I remember, like I'd get up and my mum would be scrubbing, looking at me like she's the backbone of the house, and she was. And I do the same thing now. And I just, I actually find myself on a Friday looking around the, around the house, going, "Oh, good, tomorrow's Saturday morning deep clean." And my poor daughters now live to regret that. It's the circle of life. Yeah. So we're going to do a little bit of a deep cleanse today, a Wednesday, as I speak to you here from my house, because there's a hard rubbish collection coming. Oh. God, the thrill! God, I'm so old. <laughs> I'm officially at like double T tail status too, and I'm also started arguing with members of my family who don't understand how to properly clean a bench. Can we talk about bench cleaning etiquette, insulators? How many phases? Say it out loud with me. How many phases are there to cleaning your bench? One, two, three, four. Yes, if you yelled out four phases, you're on my level. Anything less than four. I need you to have a good look at yourself in the mirror. Let me explain the phases of the bench clean. So first of all, you need to do an initial brush off of any debris. Use your initial brush off, do it with the palm of your hand, do it with something. Just get all the crumbs off, okay? Then you've got to do what I call a wet scrub. So you get a, you get a wet scrub, you got to scrub anything that's stuck to the bench, wet scrub. Then phase three is a wet wipe. Wet wipe, everything. Now, stage four is controversial in this house because my husband doesn't believe in it. But oh my God, the dry buff. You must get a very kind of robust, it's gotta be terry-telling, it's gotta be absorbent, gotta have some nice crispness to it. And then you use that, you do the buff stage. Get rid of the wet scrub and the wet wipe. Do you know what I mean? So you've got the dry wipe, the wet wipe, the wet scrub, and then the dry buff. Four phases of bench cleaning. Anything less is unacceptable. Hallelujah. I can hear some of you have just subscribed to the Church of M. You didn't realise our relationship was so deep and so in sync. And others are going, God, M, what the hell? I don't care. I'm a proud four-phase bench cleaner. There, I said it. All right. Well, uh, today's ep sees Michael and I show you our true political nerd side. We love and obsess over the US political system. And obviously, the last four years have been pretty traumatic for us, (laughs) as I imagine it has been for most Americans. But it's pretty much the grand final, you know, for all political nerds this week because the Democratic National Convention is taking place and their opening act was Michelle Obama and which I don't know if you've seen the speech but she eviscerated Donald Trump in the most polite way. So Michael and I talk about that and um, we also, look, we talk a lot about whose husband would make a better first lady, first gentleman between Scott, my husband, and his husband, Adrian. (laughs) Yeah, these are the things we think about because we we do love the first gentlemen and first ladies as much as we love the candidates, trust me. Our obsession goes far and wide. You know, my favourite – I've been reading a lot of press and a lot of celebrities coming forward and one of my favourite humorists and writers, David Sadakis, he said that, you know, a lot of Americans are saying that they're undecided and who they're going to vote for in the election. And he said being undecided between these two candidates is like being on a plane and being offered a plate of broken glass and shit or a plate of chicken and asking how the chicken's done. I love that comparison. <laughs> Obviously Donald Trump is the plate of – yeah, you get it. So um. You're going to hear us completely nerding out over the politics and what's going on and all the speeches and who gets to speak. And don't worry, even if you're not into US politics, it's still Michael and I just talking shit and imagining things that will never happen. So I think you'll enjoy it. And also Kanye West came up with a genius replacement of TikTok and I'm on board for it. That's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. We're going to get straight into Michael and I now. And, um, yeah, just going to get out of bed and shower because I need it. Okay, play the music.
0: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation.
1: Okay, well, I already told him I'm coming live from my bed. He's disgusted. He's judged me. Michael Lucas, hello. <laughs> I am
0: not. What you heard as disgust, I would argue, was respect with curiosity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think the comment was, is that where we're at? We're not even halfway through this lockdown. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's what
0: this... That was just scientific <laughs> inquiry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been up and done everything with the baby and now Scott's taking him out to go walking in puddles, which is his favourite pastime, and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to cheekily sneak back into the warmth of my bed and do the podcast.
0: Oh, no, I support it. It's a classic bed day too. It's drizzly and cold yeah. and overcast. Yeah.
1: But normally I'm a person who gets up because if I don't put my clothes on straight away, then I will just languish in like – bed, germ, warm, catatonic, you know what I mean? So every day I have to make a point of I get up, I put a winged eyeliner now. That's my coping mechanism. I um, spend about 10 minutes perfecting a winged eyeliner and then I feel like I've done something for myself. That's my self-care (laughs) time.
0: To be fair, I have (laughs) questioned your like manic bushwalks in the morning more than I've questioned going back to bed. I mean that's disturbed (laughs) me on a more fundamental level.
1: I'm still bushwalking. I am still bushwalking, but I'm now adding winged eyeliner to the uh, coping repertoire. But yeah, back in bed for the first time. I have to say this is the first time I've worked from bed since we, this all happened. So I think we should all be in shock and in awe of that stat.
0: Well done. Very Thank well you. done. It's more than I would worry about your posture.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, nah, you're right. I've got I do have my little posture pillow behind. Me. Oh God, I'm so old.
0: <laughs> I have reached a point of lockdown degradation because I've really got attached to this one particular hoodie. I've got it's just really cozy and really nice, but it takes forever to dry. And I can't bring myself to wash it because then, you know, then it's like out for four days as it takes forever <laughs> to dry. But it is now I've got pasta sauce down the sleeve, and it's just generally so rank, and I'm th- 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 sitting there all hunched up in it thinking there will come a point where this is really great. Yeah. gardens disgustingness yeah. but at the moment i'm still clinging on to my pasta coated.
1: yeah oh, spaghetti
0: on the on the sleeve
1: oh you're eminem mm. um i do i do have certain favorite rotation outfits for lockdown and they do like i do have to part with them but i'm at a point where i can do washing rotation within three hours
0: so well you've probably if you've got a dryer do you
1: yeah but i don't want to shrink it so i put in front of the open fire but, you know, deodorant sales have plummeted. I found that very amusing. <laughs> Champagne sales because there's nothing to celebrate oh. and deodorant sales have plummeted. But ice cream sales have gone up. I'm so proud of you guys. Well yeah,
0: <laughs> It makes perfect sense. Are and you
1: putting on deodorant every day in lockdown? I am, yeah. I yeah, am. me too. I, I do. I do too. I feel like there's a certain level of – If we stop doing that, there's no difference between me and my three dogs, really.
0: (laughs) I still do as much walking as I can in the hour that I've got. And I have found a couple of times that I'll come back and take off my coat and mask and think, God, this smells not right. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right, now let's get to it. We're very excited. It's Democratic uh, Convention Week, National Democratic Convention Week, and People may not know the depths of our love for the US political system, but um, it's there, it's real. And it's the main thing we, we tweet, we, we send each other messages about besides pop divas. I would say.
0: <laughs> and I would say it's, we're in a really similar gear when we're sending both these messages because we take our pop diva efforts as seriously. I know it's not, for a lot of people, they don't seem as high stakes, but for us, <laughs> the launch of a new Beyonce album is, that's pretty yeah. much the equivalent of an electoral campaign.
1: Well, we are in the middle of political Coachella. This is what's (laughs) happening this week. Um, I can't wait. Opening act was essentially political Beyonce. Michelle Obama was opening act for uh, the Democratic National Conference and um, she did not disappoint. I have to say she delivered everything I expected and the best part about her speech, Michael, the best part was that um, she didn't. Even allow Trump to be like the evil overlord that he sees himself. She just reduced him down to this incapable, inept yeah. dickhead. She did it in such a gentle voice that, do you know what I mean? The I whole, got a
0: vibe like, of like, I, I don't even have the energy to yeah. hate you at full no. ferocity. It's just you're yeah. not up to it. You're not up it's, to it.
1: It's the political equivalent of, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I really felt it. This was our favorite bit. Let's have a listen. Donald Trump is the wrong president for our country. He has had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job, but he is clearly in over his head. He cannot meet this moment. He simply cannot be who we need him to be for us. It is what it is. (sighs) Oh,
0: genius.
1: (laughs) Slap down. (laughs) He is an inadequate fraud. Um, yeah, and now she was throwing his own words back at him because, as we did talk about on the pod, miraculously a couple of weeks ago, Jonathan Swan, son of Norman from Coronacast, interviewed Trump, and this is where that term "it is what it is" came into play for him. A thousand Americans are dying a day. They are dying. That's true. And you have it is what it is. So, look, eighteen minutes. I felt was too long, Michael.
0: I know you've made that very clear. I mean, essentially, most people have all, all the news broadcasts have condensed it down to that to that moment when she directly mm. starts talking about Trump. It did sort of feel like she had to do a bit of story of America stuff, climbing to the top of the mountain stuff, uh. because that. But to be honest, I would have been happy with just. Angry, exhausted Michelle Obama coming in. I, <laughs> I know there's always a bit of a sensitivity, a, a horrible trope that she would want to avoid as a yeah. Black American woman about. But that is where we're at. That I basically, I don't know if anyone saw the uh, Sharon Stone Instagram story that's been going very viral, where she talks about her exhaustion and her family situation. I would have been happy with that coming from mm-hmm. Michelle Obama.
1: Yeah, I, I would have been happy with Michelle walking in, sitting down, and just going enough. Is fucking enough. And <laughs> yes. then just walking out. That for me would have been perfect. Because the 18 minutes while it was that that the bit that we've played is obviously the most powerful bit, but it just felt very, you know, we gotta go high, we gotta crawl to the top of the mountain. And it's like, oh come on, Michelle. We passed that. Oh, I
0: know. Pa- yeah. And a <laughs> like she kind of acknowledged people say to me, you know, you once said when they go low, we go high. Do you still believe that? and she had to sort of do the yes i do I blah, blah, blah. but there was part of it, where it was like come on let's just nah. let's just let's be like <laughs> i also just can't believe if i were them The fact that, let's face it, Donald Trump entered the political arena questioning the birth of her husband in this incredibly racist attack. That is what he built his political career on. How Mm. you could compose yourself not to just go, oh, for fuck's sake, for fuck's sake, how could we possibly (laughs) have voted in? Like, how could you even look your fellow Americans Mm. in the eye? And yet, Mm. ah, she still managed to summon the going to the top of the mountain.
1: I know, when I saw bit. that, I was like, don't, get off the mountain, get in the gutter. Well, Trump, of course, has responded and he is obviously terrified of Michelle, Like, which is good. He has obviously some kind of weird respect reverence of her. Because he, he doesn't go personal with Michelle. He goes personal with everyone else. Like he called Bernie Sanders crazy and Hillary Clinton crooked. He's got little monikers for everyone, but she doesn't have one from him or his camp. Mm. But have a listen to his response. I thought her speech was very
0: divisive. And frankly, I wouldn't even be here if it weren't for Barack Obama. See, we're standing in the White House. I wouldn't be in the White House except for Barack Obama because they did a bad job, Biden and Obama
1: doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I, I don't understand. He served his term, like Brack did eight years. Well, I guess I, he's, <laughs>
0: uh, he's trying to say that I mean, it's both those arguments are so stupid. Firstly, divisive. I mean, come on! There's never been a more divisive, <laughs> deliberately divisive leader of America in the history than Donald Trump. That's ridiculous. And then secondly, wouldn't be here except for Obama. He's trying to claim that, you know, everyone was so disillusioned with Obama's leadership that it led to this swing towards the Trump version of Republicans, but... The country – like, no one can deny it. the country was in – come out of the global financial crisis mm. and they had had so much growth and the country was really getting back on its feet when he – I mean, I'm not saying America was perfect in 2016. Obviously, it wasn't, but it was a hell of a lot better than it is right now.
1: I know, and I'm actually genuinely scared of what – I mean, he's shown he will – there's nothing – there's nowhere he won't go. And with eight weeks to go, he will be – hitting the panic buttons, and I'm scared of what's going to come for Joe and Carmela. Do you know what I mean? Because he doesn't play fair. He's gone after the postal system. He's gone after them to try because he's obviously scared if people can vote fairly, they will vote him out. But I wonder... Hell, because Melania, I mean, he's not going to be able to lean very much on Melania because as we saw, if you saw the footage of him getting off Air Force One and her her swatting his hand away, (laughs) like, oh, we've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) And Melania hasn't been announced to speak during the the Republican Convention. Oh, I I
0: hope she doesn't. That would be such a statement. I don't
1: think she will. I don't think she will at all. Because I don't think she wants to be First Lady.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Just don't think she will. So far all they've announced is, you know the people, that the two white bankers who were in front of their property or lawyers and they pulled guns on Black Lives Matter Oh, my protesters? God, no. They
0: have not They're got them. They're
1: speaking at the no. Trump. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's who. That's who, you see, They are the two confirmed speakers so far. I had a look because I looked at the list for the Democrats and Scott Bill Clinton, Joe Biden, AOC. And oh, and they've also
0: a- got fa- – they've got Colin Powell. Uh, like yeah. they've got famous Republicans, Republicans. to come and uh, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but they don't have – who are they going to get? Scott Bayo, I suppose, could speak at Trump's –
1: and what's her name from um, Full House? Candace uh DJ from Full House. She's oh, a
0: Oh, is she the one that breaks my heart is Dean Kane, who was Superman in Lost. Oh, I thought you life. were
1: gonna say what's her name from Eat from Entertainment Tonight.
0: Oh she Mary Hart, yeah, Mary she breaks Hart. my heart too. I know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Roseanne breaks my heart. It. That was the first that was the first heartbreak. I mean, she oh, she was okay. such an icon of the early nineties. Oh my god, it's true,
1: it's true. I do want to talk about our favorite topic, of course, besides the presidents and the people running, is the first husbands and wives. Oh, absolutely! Um, and today, first, big first day, vets. Jill
0: Biden making her speech, and I'm <sighs> I'm actually even I love Michelle, but I'm obviously familiar with what Michelle has to offer. Whereas Jill, this is her oh, time to shine, and can't wait. Been such a fan for so long. She's an English yep. professor.
1: Yeah, Dr. Jill, who kept her full-time job during Biden's VP reign. Love that. And said if he does get into the Oval Office, she'll continue to to lecture as an English professor. She wants to keep her identity separate. I love her. Um, I love the fact that she took on his children when they married because his first wife was tragically killed with his one-year-old child in a car accident. Mm. And then Joe and her met on – they were introduced together on a blind date and she fell in love with him the very first night because he didn't try and kiss her, he just shook her hand. And she went home and she texted her mother, Mum, I've finally met a gentleman.
0: Oh, you've really gone deep into this. I'm so impressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I
1: love Jill. I'm obsessed with Jill. Oh, Sophie... there's only
0: pictures of them, by the way. They were a hot couple. Glamour. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. She and she a
0: is still – in, I mean, Joe's got a bit of an old man hair situation happening. There's a lot going on there, but Jill is still peaking at 69. Yeah.
1: Incredible. So we talk, and then, um, I know that you love Doug Kamala's. I do. I
0: do. I just love him because I, I saw this tweet that said something like when Kamala was, Kamala was announced, they said, (laughs)
1: <laughs> I keep saying it wrong there's I know, so many other ways. Kamala. No, yep. it's
0: hard because in her speech she talked about how sometimes she gets called Marmala and it, it like messes around with the way that it pronounced yes. it anyway. I saw a tweet that said something like, this is the time for middle-aged Jewish husbands of vastly more impressive wives to really shine. And <laughs> Dag <Hoff>, I sh- <laughs> <laughs> like, she is such a superstar, and I, ju- I, ju- there's just something about him that I'm really tickled by the idea of him being the first second gentleman of the United
1: States. He's such a nerd. Oh, that's what I absolutely love. out nerd. There'll be no, you know, Michelle Obama cool power suit moments with Doug. It'll just be bum bags and really white, chunky New Balance runners. Like that's what I'm seeing for fashion for the first gentleman. Oh,
0: the other bit about Jill, you know, the other bit that I love is when Biden won one of those primaries and the protesters stormed the stage. Do you remember that? Yes. She, she, She absolutely, she was better than the security guards. It was incredible. Her responses so fast. I mean, I, 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 yeah, you, you could just see how physically adept she was and how ferocious she was. And she would—I <laughs> want her to be running for president.
1: We were we were arguing over which of our husbands would make better first first husbands, first gentlemen. Well, in actual
0: fact, I think we both agree, <laughs> but but I really can make the case for Scott. I really no,
1: can- Adrian would be a way oh, no, better not, first no, gentleman. no,
0: no, 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 no! Firstly, okay, let's like just acknowledge would it, care. Adrian would blitz it. I'm not; it would be perfect. We were a bit obsessed with Pete Buttigieg and Chasten.
1: Yes, of course.
0: There's just so many elements about Adrian that would would really work. Like, firstly, the whole entertaining, like decorating, like yeah, what Adrian yeah. would do with the Christmas decorations on the White House. Yeah, uh, outstanding, <laughs> and also just hosting the dinners. Like, yeah. it, all of that is totally in his wheelhouse. Um oh gosh.
1: Uh, All if, these things are not Scott's strengths.
0: The only thing that would – there would be a <laughs> massive scandal with Adrian in terms of suit budgets. Like at a certain point it would come out, what the fuck is he spending on his outfits? <laughs> and he would just be like, yeah, I'm the first gentleman. What the hell? He, he, <laughs> he would just need to terrible. take your
1: clothing budget because you would wear the same suit over and over. Adrian would just have you to take your – You would intervene
0: though. You wouldn't. If I was the President of the United States or the Prime Minister, you'd be all over it.
1: Oh, 100%. One million percent. You wouldn't be allowed to wear, you know, you dress like Jerry Seinfeld basically, so that would have to go out the window.
0: And Adrian would also do all these sort of like he would set up all these sort of like cultural arts festivals and things like that. That would be his thing. Like Michelle Obama at the vegetable gun, He wouldn't be interested in that. (laughs) But... He would be totally going out and doing, you know, we'd be getting all sorts of online film festivals curated by him and yeah, yeah, it'd be incredible. But I also think Scott would do really well.
1: Make your case. I just think speeches like, okay,
0: Melania launched the be best campaign to stop (laughs) bullying and it was absolutely ridiculous, but I could imagine Scott doing a similar thing and doing it really well. Like going down the personal, being the personal coach, For a nation. And I also think he could rock the suit, but I also think he would go, he would just go into health, mental and physical health kind of situations. And basically, as long as you set him up with an exercise bike in a corner of the West Wing somewhere, that he could just do that for six hours a day, then I reckon he'd be at your disposal for the rest of the time. And I, I reckon he'd be a powerful advocate. I really do. <laughs> as long as
1: people are okay with the first husband, you know, attending things in board shorts and Birkenstocks, sure. I think sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you might have to intervene there. That's where Asian would really come to the fore.
1: He won't, like, I, I had to accept a long time ago, my husband owns two hoodies that he he rotates and yeah. when they're both in the wash he's at sixes and sevens like there's just there's just no I've given up trying to direct his fashion past like a 1990s skater boy that's that's where his fashion kind of peaked and that's how he dresses
0: but what would be unbelievably epic would be the first gentleman going for a surf imagine <laughs> never been seen before <laughs> <laughs> we don't. I wish in Australia. No, it's probably a good thing, but we don't really focus on the spouses that much. And sometimes it really, like, for example, Catherine Andrews, Dan Andrews' wife, I feel like she's got a very low profile. She basically looks like Nina from Offspring. Like, she, that's that's who she looks like. And,
1: well, what about Chloe Shorten? She's a prime oh, candidate. No, well, yeah. I kept saying to Bill, she's better than you, mate. This is who we need to be focusing on.
0: She's yeah. been Chloe. Jenny Morrison's out there a little bit, oh, but gee. no. Yeah. yeah, I prefer a Lucy Turn like I love a Lucy Turnbull oh. style style, like where you get the sense she's the real brains behind this operation. And I do get a lot of that from Jill.
1: Yes, yes. Michael used to write erotic fan fiction about Lucy and I Mel didn't,
0: Turnbull. You always will. out. It's like in all the time I have with all of this erotic fiction I'm writing, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I I I will admit, I'm in very intrigued. I'm riveted by their relationship. Lucy. And Jay
1: Bish. You used to write erotic fan fiction oh, about come Jay on. Bish. You
0: were 100% a- in on that. We would write entire bouts of dialogue between Jay Bish and her hot man whose name I've completely forgotten. <laughs>
1: Remember, we used to text each other pages of their co- imagined conversations. Yeah. I
0: hope Jenny Bishop knows how much she looms in our imaginations. Uh, But you have met her a couple of times and and more than a couple of times and and – she does. She has lived up to expectations, which is terrifying. Bish
1: is someone I really like as a person. We know each other pretty well now. Like she'll say hi, Em, when she sees me, which is an honour. I really hate her politics and I don't agree with most of the things that she stood for. But as a person, I'm able to separate her from that. She's so impressive. She just, she is so fit and so shiny and so charismatic and fashion forward and severe and powerful that as another woman, I just can't help but be in her awe. Mm. She's just got this thing about her. But, yeah, horrible politics. I can't (laughs) agree with any of the politics. Um, Before we move on to Kanye West's brilliant idea, and, yes, that's a (laughs) sentence I said, I do want to briefly touch on Cardi B and Joey B's interview.
0: I love that Cardi B occupies this place in the culture now where a presidential candidate needs to go and have his time with Cardi B or her time. Well, I get
1: it. Because she represents young, uh, culturally diverse people that don't vote because Mm. they don't see the point. So, she represents, oddly enough, the people Biden need to collect, the disillusioned, the people who don't bother, you know, the the marginalised. So... Cardi B may be the linchpin. I can't believe
0: I'm so <laughs> Well, indeed. One thing I didn't realise from, you know, until I l- listened to this amazing conversation on YouTube <laughs> was that if people in Cardi B's age band voted at the same rate as older people, then, you know, it would have been an absolute yeah. storming victory to the Democrats last time. So they yeah. really need to spark up engagement. And I guess <laughs> she is number one all around the world right now.
1: And y- your favourite bit and my favourite bit was when Joe congratulated her and we were just both hoping against hope that we would hear him say wet ass pussy. I
0: know. And he brought his daughter on to say she's a huge fan and I just wanted to hear the next president of the United States say the words wet ass pussy and it never happened. It never
1: happened. (laughs) (laughs) But he did congratulate her, which was nice. Before I let you go, I do want to talk about Jesus' talk. Um, So that's just terrifying.
0: Anyway. (laughs) I just feel like, aren't we sure about this? I can just see the conversation in Times Come where it's like, where did where do you reckon Em Rossiano jumped the shark? Do you reckon it was when she embraced Jesus talk? No, <laughs> like Jesus
1: me? talk is a great idea. Oh, okay. Okay. Go. Because Make your case. Well, obviously I have a 13-year-old daughter, and her she's obsessed with TikTok, like so much time is spent on TikTok with those swishy, swirly dance moves and making rainbow bread or cream, cream. Like if there's a food thing going on, and all the food things are disgusting and weird and impractical. Mm. And so she comes to the kitchen. She's like, "Do we have corn flour, vinegar? Last full of these weird ingredients." And I'm like, "Oh fuck, it's a TikTok recipe. Like this, this is just taking over my life." And, and there's things on there, like I sent you a video of a girl on TikTok last night making a swishy glamour video to when she got to heaven, God asked her why she was there and she said because she died in the Holocaust. And this was like a 16-year-old girl who recorded this yesterday. Yeah. So it's, it's Terrifying. not good. It's not good. And so, so hard to keep
0: track of, so hard. Because mm. I do feel like even with other social media things, it's easy to search for particular things and find, but TikTok is just sort of like a jungle. And and, and also, haven't, haven't, haven't there been things like you're all across uh, your daughter's official accounts, but then you never know if a little side one's popped oh,
1: up. Oh, no. Chella found at least five side TikTok accounts. Wow. And uh, we also found out that kids, and you ask your kids, if you've got a tween, Ask them about how many Instagram accounts they actually have. Mm. Like, like some of Odie's friends have up to five Instagram accounts. How do they monitor? How do they keep up with the content production? I have one and I find it <laughs> exhausting. How do these girls you make enough content? literally cannot get out
0: of bed and it's because of one Instagram account. How do these girls find
1: enough content to uh, To be able to maintain five accounts. Only I would so many- say
0: because the content bar is pretty low. Oh, like, man. Uh, and I would say on TikTok, obviously TikTok, because every once in a while something goes viral and it genuinely is really funny, really smart, really well-performed and everything. So you go on TikTok expecting it to be like that and ooh, it's really not. Most oh, of it it's really is just like a weird vomitous sea of questionable
1: content. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you about Kanye's tweet, right? Mm. So Kanye was obviously, North is obsessed with TikTok and and Kim said we make lots of TikToks but they're all saved in the drafts folder. So obviously Russian hackers are working overtime to get access to that drafts. That's the first thing I thought, oh, Kim, what have you done? (laughs) So North is obsessed, right? And Kanye was having some daddy-daughter time and then he tweeted, a vision just came to me. Okay, that's a little concerning that he said it was a vision. Mm. I'll I'll accept that that's concerning sentence starter a mm. vision mm. <laughs> jesus talk yes kanye i was watching tiktok with my daughter and as a christian father i was disturbed by a lot of the content me too but i completely <laughs> You're not a lo- christian mother <laughs> i'm a christian father but okay. i completely loved the technology we pray we can collaborate with tiktok to make a christian monitored version i don't know does that mean jesus himself that feels safe for young children and the world in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Kanye West. I'm on board for for Jesus talk. I am on board for Jesus talk because I can't keep track of all the secret accounts. I can't be bothered with all the sexual dances that are going on. Mm. I mean – Look, I wouldn't. I'm not angry at all. The wet ass pussy recreates. They've been quite amusing. Oh but no,
0: I'm sure if we went on a deep dive of people referencing that song on TikTok, we would be <laughs> horrified. We might even reconsider our position on the song. Which, by the way, I've a, it is an excellent workout song and just a cleaning the house song. Except my problem with that song at the moment is you can. If you are listening to it, there is no way you can get through that song without chanting at the top of your lungs, I want you to park that Big Mac truck in this little garage, and I constantly say it without realising I'm doing it. Luckily, when it's in public, I'm wearing a mask, so no one knows for sure. Anyway, but, yes, that would be horrifying on TikTok.
1: <laughs> it is. But the idea that there could be a child-friendly Jesus talk... You know, and it's not <laughs> the Chinese government stealing your personal information, which is the whole problem with TikTok, apparently.
0: You just, uh, what you're basically saying is you want like a sort of a surveyed and censored version of, of t- I don't think you want Jesus content in there, do you?
1: <laughs> you oh, what's oh Jesus, she's open. What's, she's open to it. What's Jesus throwing up? Is Jesus doing some a lot cool, of like, outfit in my <laughs>
0: experience at times? Actually, no, not true. Jesus, just no. the interpretation of Jesus. Yeah,
1: I feel like if Jesus is going to do some cute outfit reveals, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> you know,
0: Jesus is presenting an all new <laughs> pale tunic with his sandals.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just. I read Kanye's TikTok and I and I felt a, a kinship with a parent concerned about what their child is doing on an app that scares you. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've I've moved into that far enough away generationally of my kids that I'm scared of something they're using, but I don't care to understand it. Do you know yeah. when you get to that point? You're like normally I would bother to learn it. Like I learned Instagram, I learned Facebook. You know, but the TikTok for me is it's, It hard. is,
0: it is. It's that bridge too far. It's there. too hard. And I said to
1: Odie, how do you know what you're looking for? She goes, you search the hashtags. I'm like, oh, God, it's exhausting. And, suddenly, and all, all the swishy moves where well, they don't quite commit to finishing a hand flurry. She gives me the shits. Like, <laughs> That's what gets me.
0: That's It's it's the sort of the rough kind oh. of like putting something out there that hasn't been executed
1: no, but they too. do it like it's like the opposite of everything that drives me as a performer. Enthusiasm, effort, strong lines, fingertips pointed. The show must go on. It's all mm. these like perfectly coiffed 30 14 year old girls just like kittens hitting balls of string. Like me 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 me. This is the this is my inter- visual, this is my verbal interpretation of a fucking TikTok dance. <laughs> <laughs> me 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 me, me, me. You yeah. know what I mean? me like, that is, you can, like, quote me on that. That is my verbal representation. They don't, it's like they don't, their brain isn't even in their body. And I'm like, bitch, if you're going to do Corey, commit.
0: We grew up glued to video hits, not TikTok, <laughs> and they had spent freaking $5 million on each one of those clips we looked at and everything still stands up today.
1: Correct. You go back.
0: Janet it's- Jackson never missed a move.
1: No everyone's doing everything half off with one cheek on TikTok. You look at a Janet Jackson, a Paula Abdul, a Madonna, both cheeks are often there on screen. It just (laughs) makes me mad when I watch these girls like throw their hands up. (laughs) Oh, come on, mate. I know it took you eight hours to learn that, Cory, so why don't you finish off that line in your arm and point your toe?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that you need Jesus talk so much as you need effort talk. (laughs) <laughs> like we're TikTok for conscientious or nerd talk.
1: <laughs> oh yes, let's not reward people being mediocre. That's what TikTok is. There's a few people that rise to the top, but then the majority of it is just mediocre half efforts that people reward. We
0: already have Big Brother for that. We don't need an entire <laughs> platform. <laughs>
1: i've never sounded older we've just lost all all our generation Z fans right there yeah
0: jesus talk (laughs) and that is why kanye west has your endorsement in the 2020 election
1: can't be any worse can it really i mean (laughs) why don't we go for a cardi kanye ticket come on i mean could it be (laughs) no he's too right for
0: cardi cardi is a fully she is like virtually a socialist
1: I know, but I feel like Kanye could be flip-floppy. Oh, he is.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. He just wants whatever's got the best merch.
1: (laughs) If she could come up with a great red hat, I think he'd wear it. It'll be fine. (laughs) All right. Well, goodness. Good. I'm glad we ended on me assaulting every single person that's ever done a dance on TikTok. Which includes yourself. Let's just put that out there. Oh, my dance moves were precise. (laughs) All right. Um, And on that note. (laughs) I've got a lot to prep for. They're only giving AOC a minute talk time at um the at the convention, so I'm going to have to get ready for a that. A
0: minute? Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah.
1: So we're going to obviously, Michael and I. It is like I said, actually work in culture. her favour because it oh, might 100%. make it
0: an incredibly shareable.
1: I think it's dumb Bill Clinton's getting more time than her, but anyway, be for good sure. for TikTok as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. I'm so excited. I don't know how popular this edition will be, but we did allow ourselves to talk about our true passion. We
0: will go back to pop divas before you know it.
1: 100p. Don't even worry. There'll be plenty of jizz chat next week. Mm. All right, thanks.
0: Bye. This is Salation.
1: That's it. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed things. I'm sorry if I upset any Gen Zers who are big into TikTok. Listening back to my verbal impersonation of TikTok dance, might taking things too far. <laughs> hey, tomorrow, Friday being Friday, a very special bonus epic is coming out. I interviewed Rob Mills, my dear pal Rob Mills. He's had a pretty tough year so far psychologically and uh, I wanted to talk to him about that and I wanted you to hear the truths he's discovered in within himself and within life and um, I think you're really going to enjoy it. That's coming out tomorrow. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day, whatever you're doing, and we'll chat soon. Bye.